0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Sean Regan from West Liberty in West Virginia. Welcome, Coach.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I I grew up not too far uh, from you all in Ohio, but uh, and had some friends coaching back in, in in that conference back in the day. So so yeah. good to talk to some some West Virginia folk. But let's talk about recruiting. We're talking here in March. You know, it's the uh, the the showcase season. Uh, yeah, yeah. so what, are you guys all wrapped up with your 23s and, and, or, or are you still looking at 23s kind of what's your timeline when yeah. you're recruiting?
1: Um, we're probably about 75% for next year. You know, we're still looking at maybe, uh, bringing in maybe one or two other players, um, at this moment, but, um, you know, this, but at this time frame, it's really just talking to about, you know, the 10 or 11 guys that are between us and one other two, uh, the schools at this moment in time, you know, I think pretty much. About this time, everybody's kind of made their decision or has already got their top three that's going on. So, um, showcase season is in in and, and full force, and, and really right now we're you know pretty much solely focused on um, the juniors right now.
0: Okay, well, when you're looking at players, are there tournaments that are kind of you know must hit on your list where you're going to see players that you try to get to each year?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we're lucky that being situated in the East Coast that we are. It's we're very close to a lot of the major tournaments. Um, you know, in the fall, you know, the Bethesda is a big one that we we'll go to. We'll go to the Jefferson Cup in the springtime, the Blue Chip out in Cincinnati um, are good tournaments. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll go pretty far um, around the Christmas time period. We'll go down to the IMG Cup, we'll go down to the ECNL Showcase in Florida, um, all the fun ones in the warm weather when it's snowing up here. Um, but we try to hit about anywhere between five to six major college showcase tournaments a year. Um, And then couple that with um, a lot of the uh, international showcases um, that we can get video links for. And we'll try our best to watch those over the Christmas period as well.
0: Okay. Well, in terms of uh, other recruiting methods, do you guys, do you do ID camps? Do you and your staff work other people's camps? How How do camps fit in?
1: Yeah, so we don't really do too many ID camps here because you know, we're lucky at the Division to level. You know, we're allowed to bring students on to train with our team. So I think it's um, uh, giving maybe the, the student a little bit of a, uh, a falseness in terms of charging them money when we can bring them on for free. You know? So I think it's, that's a good way of you know, putting forward to our recruits that you know, we want you. Um, so you have the ability to come as an official visit and, and check out the university and actually train with the guys. Um, in terms of going to other ID camps um, around the area, uh, we'll go to like two or three in the springtime. You know, just kind of observe what there are. With um, depending, you know, we're lucky that we have a lot of uh, big Division One universities within the Pittsburgh area and Columbus area that are one to two hours away, um, so highly accessible.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, whether it's at uh, at your uh, a tryout at the university or camp yeah. or or tournament, what. What is it that you're looking for in players that makes makes a player, you know, stand out to you that you want to recruit them?
1: Sure. Um, You know, basically simplicity is the biggest thing that we really look for, You know, making sure that a guy is very proficient in his first touch, uh, that can ping a ball 5, 10, 15, 20 yards with accuracy and, uh, you know, doing it nine out of 10 times. You know, that that impresses me far often than guys trying to do six or seven step overs and and take people on in the wrong areas and making bad decision making. Because if if you have, if you excel in the basics, you know, we can mold you into being a very, very good player, you know, but if you don't, you know, do those things well, then you're going to struggle. You know, so when we do ID camps or when we go to these tournaments, you know, we're not really worried about what team you play for or what results are like or anything like that. We're just focusing solely on you and seeing what you can do. Um, And then unfortunately with, you know, for a lot of schools in our position, we don't have a massive coaching staff. Um, So when we're going to these big tournaments, we may only see you be able to play for 15, 20 minutes, and then we have to move on to the next game. So it's a really small window that you have time to impress us. And if you're a a forward, the chances of you scoring in that 15, 20 minutes are very slim. You know what I mean? And if you're a goalkeeper, you might only make one or two saves. Um, So when we're, when we're there, the amount of times you have the ball and you have possession if you do the simple things really well, then that that kind of impresses us a little bit more than
0: other things. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you mentioned uh, internationals before, and looking at your roster, you got a, a good bit of them. So, so how mm-hmm. does the whole international recruiting thing fit in? And and the other big thing that's everybody's talking about these days is the transfer portal. So, are, are you yeah. guys dipping your toe into that water at all? How does how does internationals and transfer portal work for your recruiting? Oh well, yeah,
1: internationals. Obviously, you know, Division two is is. Pretty- Predominantly international students, you
0: know, um, in, in our
1: roster we're, we're about a 60-40 mix. So I would say that we're probably on the higher end in our conference for American players, and sp- more specifically, the amount of Americans that play. You know, we probably have about uh, three to four Americans in our starting lineup, and about three or four that come off the bench, which is unusual. You know, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, with internationals, we're trying to get the best ones we can. Um, and really, the main difference is when we're recruiting a player it's maybe a less of an ego with the international students sometimes with the the American kids because of the big club mentality. I would say a lot of these clubs are saying, you know, division one, division one, division one. And then when they don't get a division one offer, they're looking for very, very high division two scholarships, you know, Um, but they might not be a high scholarship level player where an international student is just happy to be able to get that experience, you know, and, and they'll come over, without any you know, real bargaining or, or anything like that and, and no chip on their shoulder that they didn't get the division one offer that they were looking for. Um, so it can be a little bit tad easier going the international route. Um, and at times, to be honest with you, a little bit more mature, um, both in the classroom um, as well as on the field. You know, we don't have many older international students. They're mostly all coming over as true freshmen at 18 or 19 years old, um, but they've been away from home, um, they're proficient in English. Um, so their betting in period sometimes is is not as long as it is with with the average American. Um, For transfer portal, I very rarely go into it. You know, I would say that we're, if we do get a transfer, it's more from the junior college level coming in um, because, you know, from the junior college level, we know what they're getting into with their academics. We know their coach where they're playing at the level they're playing at Um, with the four year transfers, I think you're more sometimes inheriting other people's problems. You know, they might be leaving for, you know, didn't get along with the coach, didn't get along with their team. They The grass is always greener somewhere else. So I think your, your better bets, you know, on that thing is with the junior college route or the true freshman. You know, um, the only time we really try to look for on the transfer portal might be for to get it more experience, you know, to try to bring in maybe a junior or a senior or actually – more so on the graduate side where somebody has one year to come in and and try and make our team a little bit older. So, you know, in the past two years with the transfer portal, we've looked at grad students specifically more so than any four-year transfers.
0: Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the school itself. Um, And first off is the question me as a parent always wants to know is, okay, what's this going to cost me? Right. So I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to hold you to hard numbers here, but if you can, uh, (laughs) If you could just give me an overview of what uh, what the costs are like at the school, what different scholarships are available, do you guys stack? What what what's a normal student athlete walking yeah. into?
1: So we're we're lucky being a state university, you know, that all in with your room board education, we're about twenty eight thousand, um, which right off the top is about fifteen thousand, you know, less than most private universities in America right now, especially in our area. So that does give us a little bit of a leg up. In terms of athletic money, we're about five scholarships out of the 9.1, uh, which is kind of the medium, um, I would say, in our conference specifically. Um, so on the scholarship range, last year we had 35 guys on our roster, uh, and 13 of those 35 guys got some soccer money. Um, and it ranged anywhere from basically two to $13,000. Um, so even my top player is still paying out-of-pocket roughly about $15,000 to go to university. Um Academic money is very, very difficult, you know, to give out. You know, we're 3.75 minimum with a 1250 SAT score before you even qualify for academic money. And that's about $2,000 up to 7,500. So um, it is, Hope hopefully, hopefully we get away with the SAT because that's kind of now the NCAA has gotten rid of it. A lot of the universities are now doing away with it. So I think if we choose to go away from the SAT scores, um, to qualify for academic money. That's going to help us out tremendously because even if they keep it at a 3.75 GPA, a lot of our students can qualify uh, more so than they do now, which basically is, is free money to us because we can stack um, at our university. And I think that really could help us in terms of you know the two or three schools in our league that are fully funded. It can move us a little bit closer to them in terms of our overall aid package.
0: Okay. Well, you, you've been there a couple years if i'm not mistaken uh at west liberty so besides what i'm going to find on the website what have you found to be some of the really cool things about about the school
1: yeah so i I was at a small private school uh, division three called bethany for 10 years before i came to west liberty It's literally three miles down the street (laughs) Um, and i believe we're the second youngest division two program we've only had the we've only had varsity soccer here uh, for five seasons now um so uh, with that everything is brand new we have a our own soccer-specific field with no football or cross lines on it. You know, it's 120 by 80, track, floodlights, uh, grass pitch right beside it. So um, that is definitely a, a massive draw. And you can plan your practices by yourself. You don't have to worry about sharing with anybody. And um, you can tell a student that we're going to practice from 4.30 to 6 or 6 to 7.30. You're never going to have to get up at 6 a.m. or train at 10 o'clock at night or get kicked off by the football team or anything like that. Um, it has its big, big perks, that's for sure. Um, and then with being such a new uh, program to the school, uh, the expectations are just to get better every year. Um, you know as of right now, we I would say we arguably play in the hardest conference in Division II soccer. You know, I think we're one of only three other uni- uh, conferences, five. So it is Difficult to kind of get into that top three, but you're basically telling freshmen that they have the opportunity to play right away because our current seniors started the program. Um, so every year you're trying to get better by bringing in better players. Um, so that opportunity for new players to play right away um, has been really attractive, you know, from our standpoint, from the school standpoint.
0: Yeah. No. So. With regards to the academic side of things, um, you know, how do your players really balance the pull between being an athlete, making sure they're doing well in the classroom? And what kind of support systems does the school offer to help them with that?
1: Yeah, it's support systems. You know, we have our academic research center that, that helps out anybody that's struggling. Um, you know, we do our own study halls on campus, um, especially with the, the freshmen in our mandatory. And any students below a 2.75 has to meet with us twice a week so we can keep an eye on them. Um, but being a bigger, you know, big-ish university of about 3,000 students, you know, we offer the same class multiple times throughout the week. So if you're missing your Wednesday afternoon classes because we're away, the chances that they are offered on Tuesday and Thursday are, are, are good. So you, you really very rarely will miss a class. <clears throat> and then I guess one of the good things that came out of COVID is that we're very technologically savvy with our, with our classes now in terms of um, – all of them are recorded. They're on the kids' blackboard, so they can go um, and review the class. Was either recorded, they they can log in during the live session and still participate when they're on the bus. Um, and our professors are very, very understanding when, when students have to miss. You know, we're about thirty uh, five percent student athletes on campus, so it's still a big big chunk. But they're they understand that you're coming here, and and when you miss class, you are you're still representing the university um, to an extent, so they're willing to work with you. Um, so. The overall academic atmosphere on campus is, is very good. And it's something that we basically take our pride in. For the first time ever this year, you know we got the United Soccer Coaches Association Team Academic Award. We were one of two teams in our conference, um, so it was something really to you know hang our hat on this year. Uh, we were very proud of that, and, and even across the board within our own department, you know we we're the second highest uh, team GPA on the men's side. So academics, even though you know, Division Two. It's probably a fifty-fifty balance. You know, it's still first because ninety-nine percent of the guys that that play here will be a professional in something other than soccer. You know, so we still have to make sure that we drive that that theory home to them.
0: No, that that that's fantastic. Well, in terms of you mentioned a little bit, but riding the bus and and schedules. Let's let's kind of rewind to the fall. What is a typical week schedule look like in terms of when classes are, meals, practice times? Uh, what's kind of the game cadence in the in conference and that sort of stuff?
1: Yes, we try to <clears throat> try to balance the schedule as best we can. So, you know, our schedule is every Wednesday and Sundays are our matches. Um, so we'll train on on Monday and Tuesday, play on the Wednesday. Thursdays will be our off day, and then we'll we'll train Friday and Saturday before Sunday games um we try to tell all the guys to as best they can to to keep it to the you know three courses on the monday wednesday friday and the two courses on the tuesday thursday for their 15 credits you know within that uh, kind of time frame it allows us to do some lifting sessions with our strength and conditioning coach um, throughout the week where they can go into small groups we have an indoor turf uh, bubble on campus so we'll do a lot of our Strength and conditioning sessions in there with the cones, the ladders, the hurdles, and you know, the parachutes and everything like that during the day, um, so that we don't overload them at nighttime. You know, either before practice or after practice with lifting. Um, and then usually twice a week, you know, we'll also fill, we'll throw in a few film sessions where the guys will come in and, and either be individually or small groups. You know, especially you know working with the back four, or whatever. Maybe um, go over last night's game. And we'll preview uh, the team that we're playing. Um, so all in all, you're looking at about. Roughly 25 hours in the classroom, you know, 20 hours of soccer a week, and then we expect the guys to, you know, about do another further seven to 10 hours of of studying a week. So all in all, you're pretty much dedicated to about 65 hours of your academics and and soccer throughout the, the course of the week.
0: Yeah. No, that that sounds about right. <laughs> it, it it's uh it definitely <laughs> takes some getting used to, but uh, yeah. but it's all good. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the the team. You you mentioned you had a roster of thirty five. Is that kind of your target each year that you're looking to get to?
1: Yes, yeah, we're we're lucky in a sense that you know being a state university, we don't have to have massive rosters. Um, we're not we're not depending on the athletes to survive. Um, so, you know. We're, Comfortably for me, I like to keep around the thirty-two to thirty-five mark. You know, that way we have at least, uh, you know, three guys for every position. You know, we have a, that way we have a decent depth chart where you know your first, second, or third choice. You can so you can clearly see where you are in the pecking order. Um, you know, and then with that, there's always comes injuries and and so forth. So I think that you need, you need the ability to be able to train and and play your 11 side games at night to get ready with shape work and everything like that. So at minimum you need. Twenty two guys. Um, so we started off the you know the fall of 35 and with graduation and we're now we're down to 23 guys for the spring so you have to also focus on that spring number as well because if you dip anywhere below 21 22 guys and it becomes difficult to do some sort of training sessions you know specifically you know shadow work and shape work um, we've also found that 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 size is also good enough that we can have a few reserve team games you know we don't have a JV team or development team or whatever they you know most schools are calling it we just have you know a reserve team that if you don't play more than you know 65 minutes and then a first team match you're going to play uh, against our um, with our reserves against the local schools and you know, we're lucky that we got Bethany Wheeling University and Franciscan within all within about 10 minutes of us so we'll just do a little home and away with those universities you know so we'll play about six games in total um, and those guys it's really used for Developing the guys that don't play too much, guys that are coming back from either maybe a red card suspension or coming back from injury. Um, so you can have guys that you know have not featured in the first team, or and guys that maybe have played in every first team game but two because they pulled a hamstring. Um, and that's kind of where our focus is with that.
0: Okay. Well, you mentioned you know spring and, and we're in spring. So what does that off-season program look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely different from the from the fall because, um, you know, the games that you play results don't matter, you know. So it's more individual training sessions and working on player development than it is trying to win games, you know, because when you play in the fall, it's Mondays and Wednesdays, you're focused on Wednesdays, or Mondays and Tuesdays, you're focused on Wednesdays, opponent. Thursday, you're looking back on Wednesday, but then you turn your attention Friday and Saturday to Sunday. Uh, So it's all about winning matches. Um, We're here now, it's you're working with everybody. You know, in the springtime, all 23 of our guys are going to play. You know, we, we try to say that at least you're going to play between 45 to 60 minutes, uh, whether you played zero games in the fall or you played every game and you were our captain. You know, they're going to get the same amount of opportunities to impress. Um, and we'll change it up and we'll do different formations and different tactics and we'll and we'll give the guys the opportunity to try a different position. You know, to see like you know, guys that say I like to play holding midfield when I, you know, I played center back in the fall. I think I can give the team a little bit more here. It gives us the opportunity to try that, you know, because we can't do that in the fall. Um, So it's all about basically that player development as well as, you know, kind of focusing on who we think is going to help us for next season. And then who do we think that still within the squad um, still needs a little bit of work and what kind of areas we need to focus on recruiting wise.
0: Okay well you mentioned staff uh, earlier as well so what does your staff look like what role does everybody play are there staff that help with the team that you know aren't maybe soccer specific but are athletic department specific what's that look like yeah.
1: so basically it's myself and i'm a graduate assistant you know, that we change every two years um every once in a while we'll get a, a volunteer assistant that usually is a player that you know has has graduated and has gotten a full-time job kind of in, in in the area um but then we also have a full we have a really good strength and conditioning program here at the university, where we have, uh, you know, two full-time strength and conditioning coaches plus three GAs, and they're assigned to the team specifically. Um, so they'll work with the team usually two times in the fall, two times a week, you know, with the lifting and the fitness stuff. And then in the springtime they'll do it about three times. Um, so that kind of le- lets us focus solely on on the soccer side of things. Where they'll they'll take the guys and and do those little sessions with them. So. All in all, you know, basically uh, with our athletic trainers that we have full time at every game, every practice, every away game, we're operating with a staff of about four.
0: Okay. Well, you mentioned it a little bit more or a little bit earlier, but uh, asking a little bit more on it. How would you describe your style of coaching, the team style of play, and just that overall culture of the
1: team? Sure. Um, I'd say it's ever, ever evolving. You we're know, we're still in a position right now being such a young program that we don't have the luxury of being able to take a system and then recruit based on that system. I'm still looking to bring in the best players I can bring in regardless of what position they play in. Um, And then we'll look in preseason, how we set up based on how can I get my best 11 players on the pitch in their most natural position, you know, and that's, that's what we look for to do. And it could change from year to year. And at the same time, we've got three teams, University of Charleston, Davis, and Elkins, and Notre Dame are in top 25. And we just right now can't really compete with them um, because they're just that much better than us. So we have to adapt our, our playing style to try to get the best result we can when we play against them. And then we've got another two or three teams in the league that you know are probably the same level as us. So we can focus on, is it, we're playing away do we need a draw do we need to win can we, we need a clean sheet let's play this way and there's probably about two maybe three teams in our league that we are better than so we can really kind of focus on all right what can we do within ourselves to be you know more productive and we don't really have to worry about them too much in terms of their tactics so it's it changes day by day um, so we try to do two or three shapes during preseason be proficient with that and, and we know guys that will play some games because we play this way and they won't play the next game because we're playing this way. So it really is kind of a a squad scenario that we try to use the best we can.
0: Okay. Well, you've been super generous with your time and and I do appreciate that. And as we wrap up, I just want to ask you if there was one piece of advice, one nugget of information that you would want to share with potential families or recruits uh, that are going through this process, what would that be?
1: Sure. Um, You know, I've been lucky enough that, you know, my, my dad was a coach at my junior university for 39 years. So I had a lot of wisdom brought down by him, you know, being through it all, winning championships, losing seasons, and all that fun stuff. So, you know, basically the best advice I had from him was just kind of cherish the guys while they're here and and make sure that you establish lasting relationships, you know, with them. Um, He says, you know, he's won many, many, many titles. And, and the, the best thing he said to me is that I get more joy out of going to my former players' weddings. Um, they get any emails, but they got a job and um, going to, you know, christenings for their, their kids and their kids coming back for alumni weekend. And, and it's basically providing kind of a family atmosphere, you know, and that's kind of what I'm trying to start here at West Aubrey with a new program is hopefully, you know, 15 years from now when I'm still here that, the guys that played for me my first year come back and they've got their kids with them and and they're really appreciative of, you know, the kind of the family atmosphere that we installed upon them um, to grow them from basically 18 year old boys into 23 year old men. And if they do that and they still stay connected with me throughout the years, then I think I've done my job.
0: Awesome. Well, coach wish you the best of luck in the in the upcoming season and rounding out your recruiting class and uh if you do get down to IMG Cup make sure you give me a shout just a few miles away i uh yeah. <laughs> you know used to used to be my event many moons ago but uh, uh and if you and hopefully uh ECNL or yeah i think maybe ECNL boys might might be trying to move their event here to Bradenton so hopefully That'd but awesome. <laughs> uh we'll uh we'll, we'll, we'll grab a coffee and and catch up then all right take care i
1: appreciate it